For Progressive Voices, I'm John Sinton, and this is a turning point. Today, heroes and zeros. Let's start with a hero. The late, great Congresswoman Pat Schroeder, the Democrat from reality, knew where she was and what she was dealing with when she famously said, please don't tell my mother I'm in Congress. She thinks I'm a prostitute. How about zeros? Well, at the most dangerous inflection point of the post-World War II order, we point to the long leaderless House of Representatives that stalled and was unable to address the nation's most pressing business. For a moment, it seemed like the squishes, or moderate Republicans, would hold the line against promoting an election denier, but no dice. They voted unanimously for MAGA Mike Johnson, as the former guy calls him. You know, disruption is less a bug than a feature of the so-called Freedom Caucus, whose members sought election only to grind government to a halt. The Clown Car Caucus was intent on seating Jim Jordan, the Republican from Comover, not just an election denier, but essential to the Trump plan to overturn the 2020 election. He still won't say Biden is the legitimate president. They happily sent their flying monkeys out to intimidate holdouts with threats of everything from primary challenges to death. Much fun was had by all the bullies, including Sean Hannity, who said that his patience was running out. This, of course, is what you get when extreme gerrymandering renders extremists safe in their seats, seats they have no intention of using to govern, something they never wanted to do in the first place. Given their druthers, they would shutter government entirely. But we'll settle for laying waste to everything from regulatory agencies to the Defense Department. Opponents of democracy, they worship the autocratic strongman. How about reluctant heroes? After a successful run of intimidation, beginning with the descent of the golden escalator to the lobby of Trump Tower in 2015, employing the bully playbook finally backfired, and for a single day, the frightened Republican majority moved meaningfully toward taking back their party. And then they didn't. Chalk one up for Matt Gates. Hey, here's a hero, though. Retiring Senator Mitt Romney, the Republican from Decency, gave us a peek into the reality of Senate Republicans. From the Atlantic interview, What Mitt Romney Saw in the Senate, we learned that everyone was in on the cowardly joke and never failed to put party over country. Quote, perhaps Romney's most surprising discovery upon entering the Senate was that his disgust with Trump was not unique among his Republican colleagues. Colleagues. He said, almost without exception, they shared my view of the president. In public, of course, they played their parts as Trump loyalists, often contorting themselves rhetorically to defend the president's most indefensible behavior. But in private, they ridiculed his ignorance, rolled their eyes at his antics, and made incisive observations about his warped, toddler-like psyche. As if the revelation is not damning enough, here's the coup de grace. Quote, a very large portion of my party doesn't really believe in the Constitution, unquote. Mitt Romney is a principled, honorable man. He's precisely what the Senate and the Republican Party needs right now, but he has had enough. Authoritarianism, he said, is like a gargoyle lurking over the cathedral, 
ready to pounce. Here, thanks to Dave Pell's next draft, is our quietly effective Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, another hero. He says inequality grew dramatically between 1980 and 2020, with the richest 0.1% accumulating the same wealth as the poorest 50%. And the longer these disparities persist, the more distrust and disillusionment they fuel in people who feel the system is not giving them a fair shake, unquote. Republican leadership and right-wing media are quick to take advantage of this alienation. He concludes, quote, they exacerbate other drivers of political polarization amplified by algorithms that reinforce our biases, unquote. Here's a zero. Let's look at the dastardly cynical Alex Jones, the conspiracy theorist who, through his InfoWars empire, has gotten rich beyond the dreams of avarice while selling hope in the form of weight loss supplements to his gullible listeners. He's the scoundrel who pronounced the Sandy Hook Elementary School massacre a hoax, denying the fact that 26-year-olds and six adults were murdered in their classrooms. Grieving parents sued him and won a billion-and-a-half-dollar award that to this day has not been satisfied. The Associated Press reports that he spent $93,000 alone in July on restaurants, his wife slash employee, and his various houses, but he can't bring himself to write the first check to the families whose grief he exacerbated and leveraged for his own personal gain. Quote, it is disturbing that Alex Jones continues to spend money on excessive household expenditures and his extravagant lifestyle when that money rightfully belongs to the families he spent years tormenting, unquote. That's Christopher Mattai, a Connecticut lawyer for the families. He said, quote, the families are increasingly concerned and will continue to contest these matters in, quote, in court, unquote. It may turn out to be a small victory, but the court recently held that declaring bankruptcy won't allow Jones to avoid paying. Finally, another hero, William Butler Yates, who wrote, The best lack all conviction, while the worst are passionate intensity. For Progressive Voices, I'm John Sinton. Go to the on-demand section of ProgressiveVoices.com or the PV app and look for a turning point.